Welcome to the Fully Engaged Fitness Podcast, where you'll be hearing from the top fitness experts from the engaged personal training community of businesses. These include client interviews and success stories, insights and tips from our top fitness experts, and the unique approach that we bring to our clients that have helped transform thousands of lives over the last 10 years in business. Don't forget to like and subscribe this podcast so that you can be the first one in the know. Now let's get into this episode. Hey guys, welcome to the Full Engagement Podcast. Devin Gage here. Um, Let's talk about the Engage way for measuring progress. Now, most people think the only way to measure progress in fitness is to weigh yourself or to see your body changing. And really, today I'm gonna outline five different ways that you can measure your progress that you might not have thought about yet. Um, So again, lots of different ways to measure your progress. It is completely individual, um, but we typically start to default to body fat and how we look and uh, the weight that we see on the scale. And actually the scale is, uh, for most people, the scale is not the greatest indicator of success, okay? Now, if you've ever gone to gauge strength training or engage personal training, you know that we are uh, fans and uh, big proponents of the in-body scan. So the in-body is one of the top uh, body composition measurement devices on the market. Um, it really helps paint a picture of what is going on inside your body between water weight, muscle mass, body fat percentage. Not only uh, will using the in-body help you determine where you are, uh, it'll show us um, the way your body is responding to the training and nutrition that you're doing so we can make adjustments if needed. There's a lot of benefits to using the in-body, but again, it is one data, data point. Okay. Now, before I go into all of these metrics, what I want to uh, say is measuring your progress is incredibly important, but you cannot uh, determine your self-worth with your fitness progress. Okay. Use this stuff as a simple data point and not attach your self-worth to it is the best advice that I can give you. Um, If you have the mindset that I will be happy when, or I will be satisfied when, you will have a really difficult time on this fitness journey. It sounds cheesy, but you have to love the process. You have to love the day-to-day journey, and you have to learn to appreciate every single step of the way. And in fact, If you learn to do that, your results will come way faster. There's a lot of research in uh, what they call like positive psychology in that people that are happy now or enjoying the progress process will see results faster than people that will only be satisfied when they reach a result. Okay. So really important for you to remember and take note of. Um, Now let's dive in. Uh, There are five typical ways that I would recommend tracking your progress and A really important note is it's very difficult to track progress if you don't get a baseline. So if you have not, do what I call like a baseline audit and try to collect as much data and as many numbers and just paint as clear of a picture of where you are right now so that then we can start formulating really good goals. Okay. I like to uh, use the analogy in goal setting that, uh, you know, trying to reach a goal is a lot like putting a GPS or a destination in a GPS. If you ever put a a destination in a GPS system, 
the first thing it needs to calibrate is where are you now? Because if your destination is Boston, Massachusetts, the route is going to be very different if you're coming from Philadelphia or if you're coming from Missouri. All right. So you've got to get a really clear picture of where you are now. And I'll give you a, a real life example of why that's important. You know, sometimes people uh, think they need to lose weight and they don't even know what they weigh or they don't know what their body fat percentage is or they don't know what their lean muscle mass is. And that's not a really good way to approach a goal. You've got to know exactly where you are now. So you want to do a self audit on all things that you feel are important to you. So the first one of those uh, that we like to consider that most people don't realize and don't get a baseline for is your overall resting heart rate. So your resting heart rate is essentially what is your average heart rate at rest? This is a really good indication of your overall health and stress. You know, people with a really high or elevated resting heart rate um, just means that they're, they're a little far off from optimal health. Uh, it is a really good indication of overall health when you keep your resting heart rate nice and low, improves cardiovascular health. Um, it's just a sign that you are a, in pretty good shape. Okay, so if you don't know your resting heart rate, you need to go and calculate that because it's a really, really good data point to show even if the scale doesn't change, even if you don't feel like you're making progress, a lot of people see progress in their resting heart rate. All right, and that's going to increase your energy. It's going to increase your sleep. Um, as a side effect, typically, if you can get your resting heart rate down, your stress levels will decrease. Um, your body fat typically goes down. So it is just like, uh, you know, a, a side effect of all the other things. Um, it all kind of comes together when you get your resting heart rate lower. Okay. So that's the first data point. Um, essentially you can use, uh, your Apple watch. If you've got any sort of like Fitbit, um, measuring device, it's a pretty simple way uh, to do that. Or what you can do is you can take your two fingers and track your pulse for a minute and count how many beats per minute you have. Okay. Uh, you can also simplify it by doing it for 10 seconds and multiplying by six because that's a minute. Okay. So <clears throat> all really good ways to track your uh, resting heart rate, following a well-rounded exercise program, uh, involving like cardiovascular elements, um, aerobic elements, anaerobic elements. That is all uh, tools like we do at engage and GST to get your resting heart rate down and improve your health. All right. And I'll even add that that's probably one of the most significant changes that you will see if you train in any of our companies, because even if the scale doesn't change, you are getting healthier and you just might not know it if you don't track this one piece of data. All right. So resting heart rate is number one. <clears throat> number two is your sleep data. Okay. Most people sleep horribly, but they have never gotten a baseline or have no idea like what good sleep is. Uh, poor sleep is, a, you know, kind of a, a symptom of an unhealthy lifestyle, um, carrying too much body fat, um, or just diet and alcohol and caffeine and screen time. There's a lot of elements to sleep, but sleep is like a catalyst for everything else. You're having a good sleep, uh, good quality sleep is just going to make everything else in your better. You're going to think better. 
you're going to be more productive, you're going to have more energy, your body will function better, you will digest food better. Everything improves when your sleep improves. So the best ways to measure sleep. First, you got to get a baseline, right? And this can be as simple as rating yourself on a scale of 1 to 10. How do I feel when I wake up in the morning, right? Am I like completely groggy and... Uh, you know, it takes like a lot to get out of bed. You need ca caffeine. Um, you need to just give yourself a one through 10 rating. And, you know, again, if you want to do this all manually, having some sort of sleep log could be helpful. Um, measuring what, how you feel waking up and what you did before bed the night before. Okay. A few things like alcohol before bed is going to wreck your sleep. And even if you feel like it helps you fall asleep, it really wrecks your quality of sleep. Caffeine after like 3 p.m. or late in the day will wreck your sleep. Being on your phone right before bed or watching TV uh, can be harmful for your sleep. So really, you need to get a baseline. Uh, another way, simpler way to track a baseline is using, again, any sort of heart rate variability device or Apple Watch or any of these fitness devices. I'll name three. Uh, the first one is the Aura Ring, O-U-R-A. That's a ring. I have one where it tracks your steps, your heart rate variability, a lot of different metrics, okay? So the Aura Ring is, is really good. You can get one for about three, $400. So not a cheap investment, but listen, nothing's more important than your sleep, okay? The next one is a Whoop Band, all right? These are like, they look like watch bands, but there's no watch on them, uh, so a little bit less expensive. I think they're around $200 and it attaches to an app. It'll track all of the same data as the Aura Ring. I don't think it looks quite as sleek because the Aura Ring is a lot lower profile. And the last one is just any sort of like uh, Fitbit device, Apple Watch. These are, these are really helpful ways to track your sleep, okay? So how are you sleeping at night? Now we've seen a lot of people over the years that have had some extent of sleep apnea where they are like choking in their sleep. And a lot of that's weight related. Um, <clears throat> so really getting a good metric around sleep is incredibly important to your health. Okay. Getting in better shape will improve your sleep. Losing weight will improve your sleep. Um, but really just exercising in general should improve your sleep quality. Um, a few other things is like strategizing your caffeine intake, uh, avoiding eating really late before bed. Um, all of these are ways that you can improve sleep. But if we're talking about progress, uh, a really helpful metric is to set a sleep goal where you always want to uh, get X amount of hours or X amount of restful sleep. And all these can be tracked in your, in your devices. Okay. And again, it is a symptom of regular exercise, improving your diet, and following better habits, okay? So sleep is a really good metric that you should consider tracking. Um, and number three, let's talk about a performance measurement, all right? Specifically strength-focused. <clears throat> so if you want to uh, track your progress at Engage, as well as Gage Strength Training, uh, our program is built to help you track your progress over time, uh, essentially with the three prime movement patterns that we build into a lot of our training. And that's pressing, whether it's overhead or bench pressing, 
or push-ups for a lot of people. Um, pulling, which is like a deadlift pattern. Okay, so deadlifting off the floor with trap bars, um, but really just picking something up off the floor is a really helpful strength metric. And the last one is squatting. So squatting is a good measure of your core because you have to stay upright while carrying a weight, holding a weight in some part of your body, as well as just lower body strength. Um, you kind of need to, to build that and it is going to help you get in the best shape of your life. Okay, so squatting is like if that's the one exercise that if you want to improve your health significantly, squatting is like the best and fastest way to do that, improving your squat. So again, just like the other two, you have to get a, a baseline. So here's where most people mess up with getting a baseline is they don't do a true like one rep max or three rep max. All right, they, they estimate or they have never lifted heavy enough to truly understand what they're capable of. And there's a lot of other factors here, but uh, essentially, if you want to get a really good baseline, so you want to do a one to three rep max, all right? And for anybody newer to working out, what that means is you, if let's say, let's use squatting, for example, you pick up a weight and you squat it full range of motion. So you're doing this with a coach always, but your hips should be parallel or your uh, upper legs should get parallel to the ground at minimum and you stand all the way up. All right. You keep increasing the weight until you can no longer do it. That is like a true one rep max. So if you started with like a 50 pound kettlebell and you keep going up and up and it's the hundred pound kettlebell that is like you absolutely can't do, then whatever you did is your one rep max. And a lot of people don't like doing one rep maxes because it really just challenges. <clears throat> it's really hard and it's, you know, increases the risk a little bit. So a three rep max is what a lot of people prefer doing. We actually prefer doing three rep maxes at gauge and engage. Uh, and the reason is it's just a little bit safer. Um, but it is harder to quantify because Sometimes it can be hard to tell if you truly maxed at three reps or if you had one or two reps left if you really pushed yourself. But essentially what you want to do is you want to do that same thing for three reps and you want to get to a weight that you can only do three reps. You couldn't do another rep if you tried. If you tried and poured everything you had into it, you couldn't do another rep, right? That is a true three rep max, all right? So you have to get that baseline and then you want to set goals to increase it. And you can talk to your coach about this. There's a lot of nuances and programming things that we can talk about, but having that specific goal is really helpful. Um, and for people that have this goal, uh, a lot of times you will lose body fat in pursuit of that goal without even focusing on it. Because when you get stronger and increase muscle, you're going to be burning more calories and um, you'll probably be leaning out. All right, so it's kind of a good side effect of chasing a, a strength goal is you feel better in a lot of other ways and you lose weight and body fat typically, all right? So a strength goal is really helpful. Um, another one is like sometimes if you've been trying to lose body fat for a couple of months and it's very easy to kind of burn out from that and like dieting all the time and trying to lean out, like sometimes just change it up, you know, choose a month or two months, chase a strength goal eat a little bit more and 
you know, just push yourself in a different type of way. It's a really good mental break as well as all the actual benefits. All right. So, uh, that is another thing to, that you can work on is a strength goal. Um, and again, that baseline track it. Okay. Um, up next conditioning, right? A performance conditioning goal. Conditioning is essentially, uh, your ability to, it's your endurance, all right? Your cardiovascular health. So whether you want to do long distance, like a 5k or marathon time, or whether you'd like to track a sprint time, uh, we always find those short bursts of high intensity conditioning drills are a lot more effective and they kind of have the best bang for your buck. <clears throat> so finding something like, uh, a ski erg or a rower or an airdyne bike or a sled where you can test your conditioning is a really good way to, to measure your progress. And again, you have to get the baseline and you have to like really push yourself to the absolute limit because if you don't go almost too far, you'll never really know how far you can go. So conditioning is very much like that. It's going to be very hard. You're you may feel nauseous. You, you're, it's going to be really hard, but it truly is like a great way to challenge yourself is to find a metric for your conditioning and keep testing and pushing yourself and remeasuring and trying to get better. And it's always got to be the same thing. So if it's the rower, you know, you choose a thousand meters and you do it as fast as you can. And then you continue working out over the next month. And then you retest and you try to beat that time. You'll amaze yourself every single time. Promise you. And again, the scale might not be moving, but you should be able to improve your conditioning. Um, last thing I'll say about that is you also want to tie in all the other factors. Like if you're supposed to do a conditioning test and you slept really horribly or you're coming after work where before you did it before work, you know, you want to kind of keep all those things in mind. Uh, don't let it affect you too much or stop you from trying but there are other factors that you want to keep in mind, right? <clears throat> so, or even your diet, like if your diet was really bad, blah, blah, blah. So that's another thing to keep in mind regarding conditioning. You have to get that baseline and CrossFit, I think does a really good job of this because CrossFit has, you know, the kind of the CrossFit, like the OG wads they do. Listen, I'm not a CrossFitter, so I may be butchering like the lingo, but CrossFit's got like the Nancy workout and the Debbie, I don't remember the names, but they've got like these series of workouts that they sprinkle in and they test you and retest and they use that as a measure of your progress. And a lot of times there's leaderboards and things like that. You should be trying to create your own leaderboard for yourself in this type of conditioning test. All right. So find the tool, work with your coach on the best way to measure your conditioning and just hammer away at it and retest later on. Okay. Now the last one is probably the most individualized and unique is whatever, uh, activity you're really into, you know, do following an activity specific metric. So we work with a lot of golfers. Uh, we work with a lot of like skiers. So taking note of an exact baseline before starting a program, if you're a golfer, like go out and see, go to the driving range and just smash a bunch of balls, uh, balls off a tee and see how far you can drive. That's a really easy one. I'm not a golfer, so I'm sure there's other ways to track a baseline, but 
um, track how far you can drive a golf ball. Another one just off the top of my head could be, can you carry your clubs for 18 holes? All right. Or what hole do you like really start to feel it and, you know, start to like really wear out? Take note of that. Um, so activity specific, if you're a skier, how many runs can you do without taking a break? How fast can you get down a very specific slope? Uh, how many, yeah, again, how many hours in a day can you ski? These are like the things that you don't see these changes happening every day, but I always like to use the analogy of like, it's like watching your hair grow. You don't see it happening every day, but six, every six weeks you're going to be like, holy smokes, I need a haircut. Like you just, you step back and you see it and you're like, oh wow. Uh, there's a really fun story that one of my coaches, uh, one of my mentors, like my actual life coaches talks to me about. His name is Charlie Hauk from Growth Dynamics. He's here in Westchester. He's an unbelievable coach. Um, little plug there. But he went, uh, he was on some conference or, or event and they went bowling. And he was like, I was just ripping this bowling ball down the lane. I've never felt that strong before. And he's like, he tied it back to what he was doing here. So again, like, act, and he, he's not like an avid bowler, but he felt really good. And that's a really important thing for adding life to your years. Okay. A lot of times we talk about like having a goal of living longer, right? Sometimes it's more important to just add more life to those years. And that's, you know, how you can become more, uh, set a goal that's more activity specific, right? So those are the five ways that I would encourage you to track your progress outside of body fat percentage, outside of muscle, um, and outside of weight. Never going to be the best indicators of your overall progress and really things that most people never stop and take the time to track because they've never gotten a baseline. You start to hear a lot of things like, yeah, I felt really good on the slopes, but like, I don't know. I don't know how to measure that. I don't know how to do that. I feel better, but I can't quantify it, right? Let's try to find some data to attach to how you're doing. So, you can feel a lot better because if you only track weight, it can be really discouraging when it stops, when you stop losing weight, when your body fat percentage stops. And it's really helpful to change your focus to something else, not only to give yourself a little break, but it will probably help you lose body fat anyway. So just to sum it up, uh, the five ways to track progress outside of the scale is your resting heart rate, your sleep, a strength performance metric, a conditioning performance metric or endurance, and some sort of activity specific metric. So I hope this was helpful, guys. Um, if you have any questions, you can always email me at devin at gaystrengthtraining.com and make sure you like and subscribe, comment on whatever platform about how much you love the podcast, and I'll see you next time.